Welcome, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Scott's Take Shots podcast. First off, if you are listening, thank you for listening. Uh, the amount of support and love we've gotten over the past couple of weeks with every episode releasing has been tremendous, and we can't say thank you enough. So rolling kind of right into everything. We got a fun episode ahead of us. I uh, got a special guest here. So let's just roll through. Obviously, I'm Cam Lee. We got Tommy Cannon, and our special guest tonight uh, comes from a good friend of mine from college. I got to meet him my freshman year. Always kind of been a role model to me. Uh, good friends with Tommy as well. Let me introduce to you, Mr. Paul. I'm not even going to drop his last name. It's Paul, baby. Hi, Paul. Hey, man, what's going on? Thank you for hopping on, man. I really appreciate it. It's good seeing you. Paul, did I ever actually talk to you in college? No, dude, I don't know. Like, the one thing I realized is when you're a senior in college, you kind of understand what's going on with everything. Like, even even my fiance, Morgan, she's like, I didn't know who the fuck you were. I knew who you were, Tommy. Um, no offense, but it's only because there were a handful of, of black people. Yeah, that's a valid, a valid point. But it's the same thing with Morgan. It's like there were only a handful of redheads. <laughs> so it's it like was. kind of a similar situation. But I knew who a lot of people were by the time I was a senior. So it's like I, I feel like I knew who you were and your brother, but I was just like, I can't pinpoint a conversation that we ever actually had. <laughs> just we, I mean, we didn't have we didn't have like you know groups or, or that we were a part of. I wasn't on the football team and. You weren't on the wrestling team. We tried to rush you to join Teak, but you just decided not to do that. You were you elusive son of a bitch, you know? <laughs> elusive son of a bitch. I was a wily little motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I met Paul through the wrestling team when I first went to college. I got to meet him and the rest of the group that, uh, you know, his brother and a bunch of other guys from our fraternity. Um, obviously Tommy, I knew from football and the world kind of all met each other. I think what you and Tommy met, started chatting, what, a couple years ago, a year or two ago, not even about half a year ago, man. Maybe. Ooh, NHL. I blame oh, NHL. NHL. Yeah. yeah well, NHL. No video games get a bad rap. A lot of times everyone thinks we're just fucking off, but it's literally the way that I communicate and stay in touch with the boys or, or even my brother, my family members. And I don't think enough is shed enough is given credit to video games and voice com communications and that shit so some of the best friendships that i've seen online come from video games like there's videos of guys who are like i've had i played with this guy for like 10 years straight we played together i finally get to meet him for the first time and it's like brotherhood and i think it's the coolest thing in the world so before we keep going gotta do the usual rundown here tommy what are you drinking what's your shot of the night what's the move See, I'd, I'd like to change it up. So I have I have other whiskeys back in the domicile. I think that's the right word for this place. Um, but I'm still sticking to this TC whiskey. It'll probably be gone tonight. Uh, and because we're sponsored and shit. High noon. I gotta gotta go with a cool, refreshing, crisp high noon. Yeah. Yeah. You keep plugging. Keep plugging and you keep grinding for it. First, it's a couple koozies and a letter, and next, some more gear. You know, that's the goal. Now, a little fun fact about our friend Paul here he doesn't drink all the time. You know what? It's 2021. Screw you. If I don't want to drink, I'm not going to be peer pressured. I'm not going to peer pressure you. I am. What are you sipping on? At least, at I'm least, push your mind. Arizona, the RX Energy. It's an herbal enhancing tea, and it's perfect for this. Uh, I, I agree. Also, 
I'm also going to be chewing grizzly. I, uh, we okay. were <laughs> on the corners of our market before, before Tommy hopped on me and Paul were talking about it while I was lagging a little bit. Uh, I used to chew and like, it was like a two month little span. Pouches or long cut pouches. Cause I'm a pussy. Um, I can't do long cut. I'm scared of long cut and red hand. Can't do it. Think about chewing tobacco, right? There's a, there's a time and a place for everything. If you have a problem like I do, the pouches are so convenient for when you're at home or working. But if you're outside doing some outdoorsy shit, playing baseball with the boys, if you're in the river fishing with the boys, long cut, red man, the loose leaf shit, that's perfect for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the most part, I think we all just kind of chew pouches. So my, my normal shot of the night is going to be the classic Terramana tequila, the Rocks tequila. It's good shit. My second drink for the night, obviously going to be high noon. Uh, the UFC fights were this past weekend. I gained a new love for a new drinking method. I'm gonna do it one time and probably one time only in my life. It's called the shoey. I don't know. Draw love for something that is that. I just it got the people going, and I was about it. Like, uh, I can't even pronounce his last name. Uh, Toy T U I Tavilosi or Tavilos. He's not gonna fucking listen to this. I botched it. <laughs> The man's a badass, knocked out Greg Hardy in the first round. He's from Australia. They do this thing called a shoey in Australia, which for the people listening who are like, oh, Cam, what's a shoey? Well, a shoey is where you pour a beer, like said so, into a shoe and you drink it. <laughs> so we're going to give this a, we're gonna give this a shot. I'm going to only do half a beer here. That's a good shoe. Uh, you know, I got more of them. I'm not sponsored by Adidas, but I, I've been spending my money on running shoes. Don't so. think too much about it, Cam. Just down the hatch. That's that's kind of the thought. Plug the nose, dive in. Uh, there's so much foam. Stop looking at it. It's not no, there's just so cleared. much foam. I got to get the foam out here. You realize how nasty your feet are? Yeah, that's probably why. All right. You are well, mixing all the germs around right now. Just drink it. <laughs> yeah, just put more. There you go, Adam. Oh, I ain't raised no bitch, right? Yeah. She raised you. So. All right. Well. Here we go. Cheers, Tommy. No. <laughs> oh my God, it was going everywhere. <laughs> Are you proud of yourself? <laughs> my God. I really. Tommy, do you feel like it got us going? Because I don't know. I didn't think oh, you got going. I'm I'm disgusted on levels I didn't realize I could get to. You're you're an animal, Cam. You're filthy. I am a disgusting human being. Someday. The Mayday Parade is happy that you're representing their uh, band. Hey, with that. they're such yeah. a sweet, loving band. Most girlfriends. I, I don't know if your girlfriend listens to it. Either of you, or fiance. Sorry, correct myself. You better correct yourself, baby. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I think I know more punk rock bands than Morgan. What about you, Tom? You think you know more punk rock than Brogue? I know more music in general. Love her to death, but she does not disappointed in me right now. She's not very in the in the dabble in the music industry very much. Dabbles in country, and that's that's about it. <laughs> See, like Morgan knows all about the new country music. That I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? It's like everybody's there's there's a new there's a new guy with some stupid ass like generic name. Russell Dickerson or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what the fuck Russell? is that guy? Brogan's a big fan. 
Yeah, right. I'm like, big fan of Russ Dickerson. <laughs> he dropped his new song, Whiskey, Cars, and Beer, last week. Like, yeah. Oh, you mean a car about drinking, about automobiles, and fucking partying? Jesus Christ. Looking like, at the stars. Yeah, no. It, you're something out country music. Okay, like, I guess we'll go I on with this tangent music. to start. Country music is very repetitive. Very. It's yes, just it is. a different tone with pretty much the same fucking lyrics. Um, I like the early 2000s country, like Toby Keith, Brooks and Dunn, 90s. That's good stuff. Once you get to like Florida Georgia Line, I'm not even Florida Georgia Line. I don't even know where to put the line because there's just a big I would say, I would say Florida Georgia Line really introduced a new type of country, right? Because now you got Florida Georgia Line and, and some rappers. Dives into it a little bit. Right. I don't know. It's it, it's interesting though, that's for sure. But like everything's fucking repetitive. Everyone sounds about the same. The thing about two of the country music's like top stars right now, two of the new stars, Luke Combs, all of his songs sound the same, and you can't convince me otherwise. All of them have the same beat, the same notes, and everything, just different words. Uh, Morgan Wallen, he fucking sounds the same on every single track, every single track. And those two are some of the top country artists right now. Some of the top two new country artists. And why would they have to change of going back to the well of everybody? They have one style and you, and a lot of people love that style. All right. Here's here's what I'll (laughs) say. Like Luke Combs, like people are like his music. Like everyone's like, Oh my God, I love him and his wife. And he sings about his wife and his songs. That's like pretty much the, reason people listen to him i hate saying that but no cam, cam, i don't know who the fuck morgan wallen is you're spot on though thomas rett i can't stand his music it doesn't sound like how to me it doesn't sound like how country music should sound mm-hmm. i was having a conversation with morgan the other day i'm scrolling through the radio and a thomas rett song's on i'm like i don't know what song this is but i know she loves thomas rett not because he's just an awesome singer it's not because he sounds good because they love the lifestyle that he's living. They love his wife, his four little girls. It's like, okay, is that relatable? I don't know, <laughs> but. Not really, not for any of us. Becoming more and more of icons, I think. I mean, yeah. like, and then you look at like musicians that were like when we were younger, right? Like when I was like six or seven, I was a huge Toby Keith fan. And I still am, old Toby Keith. It's but so sad understand? to watch him try to like adjust to what people are doing nowadays. And his music is ass. Like, did you he hasn't had a good what, song since, like, 2012. Did you understand what he was talking about when you were six or seven, though? You know, now that I listen to it, <laughs> yes. Back then, no. Like, it, for fuck's sakes, the man has a song called If I Was Jesus. And, like, I understood that as a kid. But, like, you have American Soldier. You have Big Blue Note. You have Whiskey Girl. A little less talk, a lot more action. I didn't know what that meant at the time. Now I do. Um I don't know. I, I I feel like, yeah, music is just kind of shit nowadays in all aspects for the most part. I mean, you look at rap, you have mumble rappers, you have the same kind of just more beat rapping, or not even beat rapping, just people that like the beats with no lyrical sense, right? Like Tupac and Biggie are fucking rolling over in their grave. Well, Tupac's not because he's in Cuba, but you got them like listening to music nowadays and like I think like we, we talked about over the text chain, like Snoop Dogg said it best. Snoop Dogg said it best. This new music is ass. <laughs> what, how's, he, how's he say it? 
It all sounds like. Da, 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 hold on, hold on. You know while we got it, like I'm a hold on. Uh, Snoop Dogg. Like Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent was sitting next to Snoop when he was talking about it, and it's like Fifty Cent was even hovering close to that line because he. The only reason he was mumble rapping because his jaw was wired shut because he got shot. Like, <laughs> and he was he was like barely opening his mouth, and you're able to understand him better than these guys that are rapping now. Wow, you found that really fast, Dutch. Yeah, man, I got I, I always stay loaded here. You got to stay locked and loaded when we're talking about things like this. Like, you feel? Me? Yeah. yeah. So it's always gonna be something new when when a person decides to be themselves. They offer something no one else can be. Yeah, because once you be you, who, who can be you but you? All right. That's what's wrong right now. Everybody trying to rap the same style with the, uh, I don't know who created it, if it was Future or Migos, but sound the same. I mean, he hits it right on the head, like right on the head. At the I, same time, he, he's got a good point. Like, all the rappers have their own kind of voice. I know we said it's repetitive on the country music side of things, but Morgan Wallen's got his own voice. Luke Combs has his own voice. Fucking Luke Bryan likes to spell out words to teach American children how to read and, and write, like, in all of his songs. That's their style. I don't personally like it, but at least they have a style, you know? Yeah. You're telling me Little Nas, you can name off three different songs that sound different? He made 35 remixes at least of one song. And Montero, uh, take to, uh, I don't even know what it is. Uh, I can't no more with Billy Ray Cyrus and uh, dude, he made Old Town Road. And then he made literally Old Town Road and Panini. He, he made 30 remixes of Old Town Road. Hey, if you're sitting on a money, if you're sitting on a gold mine, why not stop digging, right? <laughs> right? Am I am I wrong? Dude, I. Boy got money. <laughs> yeah. And then he keeps fucking with people. Like his last music video from Ontario. Have you watched that music video? Purposely, no. I've heard it's I, so like I first heard the song, right? I heard the song. And I was like, this ain't bad. Like I actually kind of dig it. It's catchy. Cool. Then I watched the music video and I went, wow. Uh, he's in heaven, and then he takes a stripper pole down to hell and gives the devil a lap dance. It, it, let me know if I'm wrong, Paul. I, I, Tommy said he's never seen it. I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen parts of it, but like I, I'd be lying if I told you I YouTubed it and sat there and watched it and took fucking notes on it. Oh. It scarred me, so like I can tell you what happened. It's like this is why I chose not to. trauma. Like I was not ready to see a dude twerking on another ripped dude that looks like Satan wasn't ready for that. Well, there's, there's, there's a million aspects of this music video that we could go into and talk about, yeah. you know, first off, first off, it's, it's acceptable in today's society for that to happen for us to, to watch acts like that. Right. It's, it's acceptable. Um, the most intriguing part is how it upset everybody, the public, everybody's banning this. Don't show the music video remove the song from the from the from the uh, you know the waves i don't want to hear it it's bad for our children oh my gosh boo fucking who at least he's got his own style though right we're talking about style he's got his own style the same shit to acdc and kiss though right right you could talk about motley crew 
I mean, if we're if we're gonna go and choose a band, else, I'm gonna man. I'm gonna choose Motley Crue in the song "Girls, Girls, Girls." Um, a great song. It's, it's a great song. Music. Yeah, I mean, you know what it's about. I think we all do. But yeah. I just want to double check. It's about strip club. Tell everyone, Cam. It's about stripping, and like, there's this YouTube channel. I can't remember their name right now, but they show kids music videos from back in the day, and then the artists react to how the kids are reacting to it, so they can know like they see what kids think nowadays of music back then and girls 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 is the only music video that they didn't show the kids because it's, it's a little edgy it was edgy for that time it's just a it's bunch of chicks stripping and dancing no i mean nowadays i think that's considered pg but hey probably it says a lot about our times and i think it kind of links into like uh you know leaking into like tiktok all well, the shit all the shit you see on TikTok nowadays. Well, what I was wondering what's happening with music and uh, like kind of the shirt you're wearing with Mayday Parade, kind of that genre of music. What's going on in that world? Because I can hear, I hear some, but I don't hear a lot of good, not good stuff, but like people wanting to cancel their crap and stuff like that. You've heard people trying to cancel like punk rock bands? No, no, I haven't heard that. Oh, and here's the thing, COVID, like, let's just be honest, COVID killed a lot of these bands. They're they're indie bands. They're not really, I mean, they're signed to a label, but a lot of the money they made, a lot of what kept them going was doing tours and doing all this stuff where, you know, like big hip hop artists can release music and make a shit ton of money off of it. But these indie rock bands and these smaller bands, they struggle with that. They pretty much lived off merch sales. So, so would you say like given like i don't know 70 percent, 80 percent of the top flight bands in alternative rock or that kind of genre you say like 70 80 percent are individuals or like... i would say like 70 to 80 percent are considered smaller um they may be signed to a label like i think mayday parade signed a fearless label um where they just they didn't perform like i know some bands that i listen to like i listen to a metal band called devil wears prada their flag's always up in my little corner over here they did like a, a live like zoom show like they did a live feed show where you paid 30 bucks for a ticket and they performed live at some undisclosed place and it was badass it was actually really cool they'd have all the lights cool backdrops um bigger bands can do that these smaller bands can't really they don't have the platform for it. So I don't know. I, I think they'll come back. I think you'll see more in that alternative punk, pop, or, uh, punk rock type music. You'll see that come back, but COVID killed a lot of fun. I'll say this about indie. Um, Travis Barker's doing a hell of a, a hell of a good job with some of these up and coming bands. Like, have you listened to some of his stuff with Kenny Hoopla? That, that shit's fire. He's got a couple of fire tracks with Travis Barker. My favorite one is Willow Smith and Travis Barker. Like, just some good, like, and that's that's rock, right? Or indie. It's a form of rock and roll music, but it's the indie, in the indie genre. That stuff sounds great. You got the guitar, you got the bass, you got the drummer. That all sounds fucking fire these days. I mean, like, just very recently. So I think you're starting to see maybe some of these older artists. Like, again, Travis Barker, he's been doing it for so damn long. Everybody knows who Travis Barker is. Yeah. Now it's starting to give back and maybe be mentor to a lot of these punk rock indie artists. And the stuff sounds new. The stuff sounds great. It's exciting. It's stuff to get behind. So 
Yeah, that's that's all you can hope for, right? Like, I mean, it, a lot of these older bands, they can't keep going. They can't keep doing it. Like, they're, they're, they're hitting their time peak where, like, like what we were talking about earlier, right? Like, you show a, a, a 10-year-old right now music that we grew up on, right? Like, we grew up on, I don't know about you, Tommy, but, like, ACDC, Journey, Styx, um, Led Zeppelin. Well, even like, we even grew up on, like, well, I was thinking... Sinatra. Oh, some, I grew up on some Sinatra. Some some forty one Fallout Boy. Like that was high school for me. Bowling for Soup. Like some of these old. bands are just like there's nobody like them anymore. Green Day. Like My Chemical Romance. They're coming back. They were supposed to go on tour right yeah. before COVID started, and that was, that was that was that was a tour I wanted to see. God, that's their first tour since like a, a long time. It's what been about, a long time since I went on tour. How about Panic at the Disco? Look at how they have come and look where they are now. I mean, everybody wants them to cover their songs. The lead singer, I forget his name, but Brandon Yuri. Man, Yuri, he's yeah. got a powerful voice. He's on Broadway. He's doing Broadway now. Yeah, Panic had a very weird resurgence. Was it Death of a Bachelor? I think right before he got married. Like, I think it might have been right before COVID. And they got like a huge upkick right before COVID. And then that like buoyed them for a while. Yeah. And, and, they, they, and their music doesn't necessarily sound too different from 05 and 08. Like they, you still have that style. They still have that style that made them what they were. They haven't changed up at all. And I think a little bit of their resurgence was people of our era pushing it on social media platforms, pushing it on your TikToks, your Twitter, your Instagram reels um, and doing cool shit with it. And I think like the younger generation really like dug it. Like the, the tweens, I guess you can call them. It's our time to rise boys. You know, we're all at the age where we're making money. It's time for us to decide what happens in the world. It's time well, to start a fucking band. No, yeah. no, that's not what we're doing. No, no, no okay. <laughs> No, yeah, no, no on the band. We'll just let leave it to the professionals. No, uh, what is it? There's one that I keep seeing. It's like 30 year olds listening to Good for You by Olivia Rodrigo. And then like once the hook hits for Good for You, it sounds like uh it's not Paramore. It sounds like a song from like 05 that like we our generation are a little bit older than us ate up so all these moms of like these kids who are like blaring these tiktoks of good for you and they're like wow this i really dig this and it's like oh it sounds the exact same as this very popular song that what song because i dig that i dig the fuck out of it it's really good (laughs) it's paramore's misery business business. it's misery business oh my god because i of course the misery business business. that's a that song slaps paramore was another great band and they still are i think they're still together i still think they play together like uh, can you pull that up tommy is paramore still like creating stuff and making new music and stuff I wouldn't be surprised if they were, but I can find it. I just, I feel so old when like, even when we were at Alma and like, I did a mentorship program with a, a troubled kid, right? And like, I tried to show him some like classic music, Panic at the Disco, Fallout Boy, Paramore. And he just kind of looked at me like, you're an old fuck. And I'm like, 
Damn, man. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's just what we dig. It's what we listen to. But it's kind of interesting. I feel like the three of us would kind of have similar mindsets and we can, you know, we can distinct what's good music and what is absolutely crap. Shit. But it always, it seems like it's constantly changing. Like you said, like we all grew up listening to some of the music that our parents were listening to, right? Okay. And that, resonate, that resonated with us. I mean, like you could look at like the change in music. Like I'm going to kick it back to like Sinatra, the Rat Pack. Like to me, that's great music. No one listens to it anymore. It's sad, but I mean, the only people that listen to it, if you're in a cigar bar, you'll hear it. Um, Check this out. Oh, what'd you get delivered? You got dinner delivered to you? Yeah. Morgan, Yo, come in. Let's say hi. Tell her to come and say hi. What's up, Morgan? Hi. What's up? What are you guys talking about? We're talking about music. music. Do you have any input on how music has changed? We're talking about how a lot of country artists sound the same, rap artists sound the same. They're like mixing genres. Yeah, they are, right? Rap and country. And not having their own unique taste. And then a lot of people are falling in love with like I, I decided to shit on Luke Combs. Like all his music sounds the same. Luke Combs. Oh yeah, we, we were both in agreement. He sounds the same, and the only people reason like reason people live uh, listen to him is because they love his story with his wife. Like yeah. Thomas Rhett. We're talking about Thomas Rhett, right? Well. Yeah. And I think like TikTok is making people famous now too. We were going to get into that yes. here soon. We were going to get into that real soon. TikTok is a pain in the ass. Bye, Morgan. Great talking to you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Enjoy the Bachelor. <laughs> is it The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? It's The Bachelor, right? Bachelorette. It's Katie's season. Uh, it's The Bachelorette season. Yeah, see. Rogan I, is in love with The Bachelorette. Well, she loves Katie. She loves Andrew S. And she loves... That's the only one I remember. Um, I just want to put for the record, you guys know their names. You guys are both in relationships slash engaged. I am single, and I don't know a single fucking thing what's going on right now with The Bachelor. Bachelor. Well, listen, the, Cam, this will make you feel better. It's completely unrelated to Bachelor. Ready? Yeah. Hey, you look at Oh, there it is. Oh, my God. It, it literally flows right into each other. Like, that's incredible. At what point will all, like, maybe 50, 60 years, maybe 20 years from now, there's so many beats. There's only so many beats. There's only so many notes in a scale. At what point is every song going to sound the same and they're just going to start remaking songs? They're already doing it with movies. They're rebooting movies. Yep. When's, when's the new E.T. movie coming out? You know? I'm geeked about it, though. Let me tell you what. Like, well, There is a new E.T. movie, but they should make a new E.T. movie because everything's going so fucking good at the box office. But it's like, you talk, you talk about that, but when are they going to start rebooting music songs? Well, I got to give it up to musicians because I was... I am a very subpar piano player, but I have one. I like playing it. Um, I fucked around on it and I made this, uh, well, I thought I made it. I made this sound, um, this melody. I thought it sounded fucking dope. I was like, this is awesome. I like felt it and I could re rekindle it over and over again. And I like showed it to Brooke and she's like, that sounds great. And I was like, 
does this sound familiar to you? And she's like, no, not really. And I kept playing it, kept playing it, kept playing it. I fucking accidentally remixed uh, Yeah by Usher. <laughs> On the piano? Dude. And I like remixed it. I was like, God damn it. Like the, I was like, it's the same thing like the piano right how many scales do you have but they're all the same notes on a piano have you ever seen that there's it a goes to g and then back to a yeah right it goes g to a uh, from from g to from a to g and then it goes back to a to g a to g but in different um what would you call them different scales right octaves this is not the right word but i know octaves? what you're trying to say is that right different no. octaves yes exactly yeah. right the guy who never took because I can play the same thing that I'm playing up here, down here. It just exactly. sounds like higher or lower, right? So, it's... like, and that, and, and you're telling me people are putting out songs today that sound unique, sound awesome, have their own version, and they feel it. And like everybody else, is like, oh, this is really unique. This is really cool. So, you're, and like, and that was a very novice version, like what I just went through. So, I'm saying, like, I got to give it up to musicians who honestly like they're able to put together a whole freaking like album and all of it sounds unique air quotes on that um because you can easily go back and find whatever especially with samples especially with samples that like hip-hop artists use a ton like they go back into the freaking coal mines to find some of these samples, man. And they just oh, yeah. pull them out of nowhere. You look at like Lil Wayne's six foot, seven foot. That has an old sample from like the sixties. Uh, it's a blue world by Mac Miller. That has a sample from, I think the sixties. J Cole on his, um, I think it's G O M D. I think it's get yeah, off my dick. Yeah, he pulled a sample dick. from like, he pulled a sample from a slave song. Like, yeah. like Yep. Yeah, like he pulled a sample from deep. <laughs> he, he went back. <laughs> yeah. He went way back. <laughs> he likes, he likes, yeah, but it's weird it's because great. he got it. Sounds, he got it. Well, he got the song and then he sped up the sample and then like put a hard beat on it and like wrapped over top of it. And it's like, damn, it's back there, but it's still like, it's still from the fucking olden days. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Let's let's I'm gonna I'm gonna transition here to another topic here, boys. Uh, talking about olden days, who remembers Vine? Oh dude, Vine? Vine. Vine, Vine was like so I was in high school and Vine was coming to, to, so that, to power, right? That might have been middle school for us, Dutch then. Middle school, freshman year of high school is really when it got big. A three, four year gap between us. Um, dude vine i wish i could find my vine account vine was so fucking cool i did this segment every morning because you know in high school you'd sleep until about 11 or noon at least in my household (laughs) and i did this segment called waking up my brother waking up chris Chris. i'd go go, it's 11 30 in the in the morning let's go wake up chris and i would do a video (laughs) chris wake up wake up and it got to a point where I would start jumping on him in his bed, waking him up. It was called, it was Paul's wake up call. <laughs> I know you did that in college. Cause I remember that as a freshman, you did that. 
I know that you still do it sometimes just to be, first off, I just want to say Chris doesn't listen to this, but I love Chris to death. Great kid. We call him many nicknames and he just rolls with it. So a lot of love for Chris, but like fucking with Chris is really fun to do. Really fun to do until he gets angry. And then it's like, no, when he gets angry, that's when you get the best content though. (laughs) That's true. That's true as hell. All about content. (laughs) That was like when we, uh, there was this guy in our fraternity house. His name was Steve. And Steve was a major Michigan State fan. So whenever Michigan State lost, we had a brother named Hunter who loved, loved rubbing in Steve's face. Hunter is a diehard U of M fan. I'm a diehard Michigan fan. Um, uh, And so pretty much he would like tape the score to Steve's door, pound on it and go, fuck you steve and that became a thing in our house like fuck you steve and then when michigan state beat michigan in football for i think the four years i was in college i think it happened three times he let us know he let us hear about it he let us know about it he would tag us on facebook he eventually blocked hunter on facebook because the harassment got so bad the best part about steve is he's a very soft-spoken guy sometimes stumbled sometimes mumbled his words just just not not someone who you put on the spot he would be a very good communicator back on you know his emotions what he's feeling how to rebuttal and i feel like those people unfortunately when you get under their skin to a certain point, that's when they fucking let it all out. And that's when they really get angry and then just let go of their filter. And <laughs> dude, oh my God, so many good times. Fuck you, Steve. Fuck you, Steve. Like we would do it during meetings and like Bob, our advisor would kind of sit there and go, oh, okay. And he just, next topic, like, cool. Thanks, Bob. But oh, oh my God. Vine. Back to Vine. Back to Vine. Sorry, I I switched hard off of that. Super sad how Vine went away, and now now there's this beautiful thing called TikTok. I don't I, even want to call it beautiful. It's, it's literally it's literally Vine on HD steroids. On Dude, steroids. It's, it's terrible. I was so against downloading TikTok because I knew what would happen. I would sit there and I'd look at one video and they would be listening into on my content. They'd know everything's every app is catered to what you listen to and what you like and and how much screen time you're on. And I'd sit there, right? I knew the trap. I knew the trap because Facebook does it, Instagram does it. Um, and before you know it, you get on TikTok and you're on it for 15, 20 minutes, and that's 15 to 20 minutes you'll never get back in your life. Like, what the fuck did I accomplish? Absolutely nothing. I watched a couple people do some stupid ass dance moves. <laughs> here's, here's the thing like, TikTok can get you in a like TikTok, Instagram Reels. Um, it, it, Big Brother's always watching, always watching. So you're always going to get the same. If you watch a clip more than once, I can promise you in the next two or three like swipe ups to watch n- new videos, you're going to get the same kind of video yep. um, or even from the same content creator. And I think it's wild that TikTok's making so many fucking people famous. Like an example, you UFC just hired Addison Ray. I don't know if you know who she is. She's an influencer. Hired her to be an analyst. And I can like put, I'll put my like whole year salary on it that that woman has no idea what the fuck UFC like MMA is or anything about it. Like she couldn't tell me what full guard is. Like the woman doesn't know shit but they hired her because she's an influencer and it's going to bring attention to the UFC. Why is she an influencer? Why did her videos get so many views? I have no idea who this girl is. 
I can probably you want me to be guess. completely real from like I can probably guess. She, I can probably guess most of her viewers are just single dudes and she posts some pretty um you know raunchy stuff where she's barely wearing any clothes right is that she's the a beautiful that? woman don't get me wrong she's very pretty nothing yeah, wrong with that's, that that's how she pretty like I hate saying it like that but like a lot of people in their claim to fame it's not that some people have good content I will give them that wholeheartedly. Some people have some funny ass content that they came up with originally, but a lot of the influencers nowadays that got famous are like famous because of their looks, Which male and female, male and female. Really damaging the whole love yourself movement. You know, yeah. wear your own skin, love your own yeah. skin. Talking about people that are addicted to their phones, right? Depression is real when you are addicted to your fucking phone and you're watching people who are influencers only because of you know i i i guess 70 to 80 percent of influencers are all very very attractive people at the top of the list right yep but isn't that really? what happened with instagram at the at, like at the premise of it you were looking at people take pictures it started with like food shit and then very attractive people started taking pictures of themselves yeah very famous very quick Plus, I mean, we could get off on, uh, you know, on a topic, on a tangent of this topic. What's with all the filters? Uh, what what country just made filters um, illegal? I think it was Sweden, one of the European the countries. country that did that? Hold on, I'm going to switch off. So that if you are using a filter and you're posting it on social media, you have to 100% disclaim it. What happens if you don't? You, go to, fine. you, you go to Swedish jail. <laughs> you are so okay hold on there's a couple there's a couple uh so the first one that comes up south korea's new tool for filtering illegal that's not okay that's different it is now illegal in norway to not label retouched photos norway norway I think we'll now have to admit what a photo has been edited, but is it enough to fight social media's problem with unrealistic beauty standards? It is not enough to fight social media's um, beauty standards. I mean, again, this is so damaging to kids. Take them. Get it. Like you can go to the try and go to the top of the food chain and just tell the companies to not let those things happen. Would you lose? More than likely. Look at, um, look at like how kids dress nowadays, right? Like I remember when I was in high school and like, if like, and, and this is, I don't know if this makes me sound misogynistic or anti-feminist. I don't know. But like in high school, crop tops were like super against everything. Like in high school, you didn't wear a crop top. You barely, like you could wear a shirt with cleavage. There was no problem as long as it wasn't too bad. But like when you wore a t-shirt up to fucking, you know, your nipples, like kids nowadays are doing that. Like I went to my little brother's like football game or watched a baseball game. And I was like, looking at the crowd, I'm like, what the fuck are these people wearing? Like you should see the kids in middle school. I couldn't imagine Thomas. I could not imagine over oh, one. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do, and I don't want to tell ever tell people how they should be, you know, yeah. raising their kids or how they should or should not be limiting their social media time but if you are under the age of 16 in fact morgan told me her parents gave her this rule she only had a certain amount of time allowed on social media um and she was only allowed to be on she was only given a phone i think when she was 16 like years leading up to that you are so impressionable as a young human being 
And if you are spending 50, 60% of your time scrolling through a bunch of bullshit and garbage on your phone, that is damaging the world. That is what is, that is one big issue with America right now, not to get off on a political side or anything like that. uh, To me, that's not like, there's an issue. Did that go in Tommy? Sorry, Tommy is shooting basketball hoops again. I get that one. That was a nice shot. No. So like, I don't think that's political. I think there is a big issue with, I just, once again, I'm not trying to tell people how to parent their kids, but like, damn, like there's the same with like men, right? Like young men, like there's a lot of disrespectful young men out there now. And I don't know if that's the lack of like parents being strict. I don't like the way I heard some kids talk to other people. Like my dad would beat my ass. I think all three of our dads would beat our asses if we were disrespectful to our elders, but that's just the way the three of us were cut from a different cloth. Yeah. You know, know, I'm blessed the way I was raised. And so are you two. It's just like, put it like this. I, I was never, I would think I was, I think I was hit once as a child, but what what happened you right so (laughs) much so much and that's (laughs) my grandmother gave me some smackdowns man that's what i was that's what i was gonna explain i was only here once but when i did some shit and okay the i called my dad a bastard i earned it like (laughs) i didn't know what the word meant yet i thought it was a cool thing to say my favorite fight came from freshman year cam a young 15 year old cam and i don't know what got it going but me and my dad got into it and he he was talking shit from the kitchen. I stood up. I said, don't be a bitch. Come say it to my face. And me and dad went chest to chest for a good two minutes before my stepmom stepped in. And there was fists clenched from both sides. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, either A, my dad's about to hit me and kick my ass. Or B, I'm going to have to beat my dad's ass. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I, I didn't want to do it. But do you think parents are doing that to their kids today? Oh, hell no. I think a lot of parents are like catering to what their kid wants. Well, that's the thing is like my dad was, he wasn't ever doing that to me, Cam. He did kick my ass one time, but it was, it was literally once. And it was more disappointment would, he would cripple, he would literally cripple me with disappointment. He'd be like, that's not the way you're raised. And just like walk away. And I'd be like fucking just melting there. And I'm like, Jesus. Let me reiterate with that story. I didn't want to fight my dad. I was just being an asshole and stubborn as fuck at the time. And I didn't realize it until like maybe the next day when my stepmom sat down with me, my mom sat with me and was like, Hey, here's what happened. Here's how you reacted. How do you feel now? She's like, you hurt your dad. And I was like, it literally broke me down. And then I was the worst, that's the worst kind of experience. When, when your dad says, when your dad doesn't beat your ass, but he just looks at you, shakes his head and goes, you know, I'm just really disappointed in you. Oh like, my god! The the worst worst. Words. I'm not mad. My dad would tell. My dad would yell at my brother and I so many times, and he would literally say, "You are going to give me a heart attack." And then, like one day, it finally kicked in. It's like I'm gonna kill my dad. Like my dad is going to die because I'm acting like such a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and what like, I mean? like he would just he would literally say that and just walk away. And just be, and he would, he, he'd be visibly upset, but he, that's one thing my mom, they, yeah, this year they're going to be celebrating the 40th anniversary. She wow. said, she said, 
from like when they got married like if you ever touch me or my kids i'm taking them and i'm taking your ass to jail i'm taking my kids and you're going to jail like if you ever hit us so my dad's like oh okay pretty simple rules laid out there <laughs> um, i don't th- i don't think winston would ever put his hands on your mother though i think your mother uh-huh. would I think I personally think your mom could beat his ass. Like my dad she's got some fire six, behind her. My dad's a six foot African American fellow, and my mom is a five foot Ecuadorian lady from Brooklyn, she's and she fire. fights. Got some I've seen your mom pissed off once, and I was scared. Like I was physically scared. Like it wasn't at me. I wasn't the one in the crosshairs. But damn, does that woman got some heat behind her. Yeah. So think about that. Like, like I would go down, I would go to her office at Ford and like, she was not like necessarily like really high up, but what she did, like she controlled the budget for the sound department of Ford. So everybody, all these big wigs who are like wanting to like buy millions, billions dollars worth of equipment for this thing in the car, they would have to talk to her and she'd say, no, fuck you. You're not getting that like and they would be oh okay <laughs> like she would bring the hammer down on these fucking huge those people in ford and like no one could say anything to her and she's just pimping around <laughs> oh that little little five foot mama but, is just not gonna throw no take no and, shit. so like i like my mom would yell at me and sometimes flip to spanish but majority of the time yell at me and my dad would just sit there and just kind of shake his head and walk away and i'm like Fuck. <laughs> and I and I already was and I watched my sister get yelled at for years because she was older than me and she was a little bit of a brat so she got yelled at for years and then my I was like I don't want that so when I got yelled at it just even ruined me even more I was like fuck me <laughs> like this is awful Mm-mm. couldn't do it does so I know we touched on this earlier and I guess we'll roll into it so I know Winston Winston has guns. Does 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 mama have any guns? Mom have any guns? Um my mom shot, her dad was in the navy um and she did get a I think it was a Colt 45 revolver I believe. But she almost knocked herself out the first time she shot it cuz she did it with one hand and like a cowboy right to the head. And she, yeah. So she's like, I think she gave it to my dad. I was like, just put that away. <laughs> both, both my, you know, my real mom doesn't have any law enforcement experience. I don't think she has any weapons. But both my other parents, my mom and my dad, uh, they both work law enforcement or have worked in law enforcement. I'm not gonna go into details what they do. They definitely own guns. I've seen them. I think they're cool. I think it's obviously. I think there's um, safety precautions behind it, right? But like. I don't see a problem with owning guns. I just never have. I think when it comes to guns, it's good to be educated on them. It's good to know, you know, how to properly use them so you don't blow yourself up, so you don't accidentally shoot yourself, shoot anybody by mistake. Like, and there are so there's so much that you need to know on how to properly take care of it, how to properly use it, how to properly fire it. Um, and I think a lot of that gets overlooked. And I think a lot of that is getting overlooked today because gun sales are through the fucking roof in America right now because everyone is super scared. Like there's a video of, I don't know if you guys saw this one, but in Ohio, there was a gentleman who was at a shooting range 
and uh, I think his gun was jammed or something, but there's, there's a whole video of it. His gun was jammed and he was at the firing range. And when you're at the shooting range, you'd never point that gun anywhere other than downrange. And he pointed it towards him and somehow the gun went off and it went through his cheek oh. and out the other side of his cheek. Oof. And that to me is someone who does not know what the fuck they are doing, should not own a gun, maybe take a class, maybe take a class, take a seminar, learn how to properly use it and so forth. But the safety behind firearms, I mean, Jesus Murphy. I, I mean, I even remember uh, my real mom's been married a couple times and my first stepdad, I'm gonna put that in quotations, uh, he was a big outdoorsman. So at first he bought us pellet rifles and he pretty much trained us with pellet rifles on like the proper way to use a real gun and treat it like a real gun. You treat your pellet rifle like a real gun. Don't point it at people. You aim downrange only. You aim for what you're shooting at and like how to hold it properly, how to take care of it properly, how to clean it, all that good stuff. And then eventually he taught me how to clean real guns and things like that. Um, I just think, yeah, safety is the key, key thing in all of it. Uh, regardless if you're using it for hunting, if you're using it for personal protection. Um, you know, we talked about that little fun fact that like a big issue with gun safety is gun owners not hide, not hiding, taking care of their gun, locking their guns up. Especially if there's young ones in the house or, yeah. or uneducated people, roommates who don't know, you know, what they're getting themselves into by holding it. Like, for me, that would be a huge issue because I'm a big I'm a big proprietor of the Second Amendment. So I have guns in my house. They're all locked away in a safe spot. I don't have any kids running through my house or a roommate who doesn't wants to get into my stuff. But my guns are locked and loaded in the event that I ever need to use them to defend myself, my family or my property. And I believe that a lot of other Americans keep their guns locked and loaded. But how many of them don't know? proper education safety or have them locked up that's a good question to to, to ask and find out who knows who knows i mean that's edu educate me if you're if i'm wrong because right i don't have any guns right now i don't i grew up around them but i don't own any in my house don't you have to take a class before you can own or is that kind so of skipped upon in the united states i can speak on behalf of the state of michigan to own a to own a pistol a semi-automatic handgun. I believe you need to be 21 years of age. It's either 18 or 21. I don't know which one it is. Um, long rifles are a different story, like a shotgun, like a deer hunting rifle. I think the age is 16 or 18. Um, perfect, right? So there is a certain age, but you do not need to be educated. You don't have to have a concealed pistols license to purchase a firearm in America. I don't know if that is the right or the wrong answer or the good or bad way to go about it, but that is certainly your right as an American in the United States of America. Yeah. No, I, I, I think if, if I had like, okay, Hey, we should tweak this. Like, I think with all the issues that we have with people that don't understand how to handle a gun, like, uh, I don't know, obviously you know how to handle a gun. I know how to handle a gun, but obviously I never took a training course on it. Right. I think even that short little training course would be huge to help reduce at least some things. You know, what's, you know what's crazy to me? So last Friday I was in a sports store, a sports um, you know, outlet, and um, I was purchasing a new, a new handgun for myself. I found one that I liked. That's besides the point. Yeah. 
there was apparently some huge gathering of clay shooting, a clay shooting tournament with shotguns. And there were at least a dozen, they looked like middle schoolers to me with their gear on, with their shirts, with their last name. I don't know if shooting clays is increasing in popularity. I don't know if it's just mid Michigan where I live, but I was astonished how many kids were buying shotgun shells for this tournament. And they couldn't have been, they definitely weren't over the age of 16. And that, that was kind of eye-opening, but. I think that is becoming kind of a big thing. I think competitively. I mean, it's always been a thing, but. Right. I think it's starting to become a bigger thing, which is kind of cool. At least I, I've gone clay shooting, I think twice in my life. And I had a lot of fun doing it. Like we oh. used the side-by-side shot double barrel. And I had so much fun. If you never shot a gun as an American, it's something that every American, in my opinion, should do. It's it's liberating. It's fun. It's as long as you're being safe and using the right precautions, shooting a gun is fun for a lot of people. I've seen little old ladies at the firing range shooting guns, and you should see the smile on their face. It's absolutely unreal. Tommy, what's your stance on guns, buddy? I, I was just gonna ask the same thing. Yeah, I was just gonna say like. It, I have a weird background growing up with it. Um, my father was a police officer. so what I wanted to do till I was about a sophomore in college. Father was a police officer for about five, six years um, before he moved from Michigan to Texas. He, so he had, um, he understands gun, put it like this. He, he had five years of service, uh, a freaking log list of a re- of an arrest record and he never had to pull his weapon out once Thank so he's God. somebody who understands the importance understands the like risk re- i don't want to say risk reward but like understands the risk of pulling your gun out at any moment like so he put it like that he has a, a five-year arrest record with zero weapon pulled so like he is very particular about critiquing and taking care of his guns. He has a lock. He has a giant lockbox in the basement that I, as a 25 year old male, got to see for the first time this like past weekend. I and we there was multiple rifles, multiple shotguns because he used to hunt as well. Multiple handguns. I never seen these in 25 years. It took me 20 years to see his hunting bow because he was scared of me finding that by accident. Um, and then when my sister came out, my sister's 10 years older than me, she came downstairs and he like, like covered it up with a blanket. Like he didn't want her to see it. So he took a really interesting approach and I always ask him about it. Um, and he's like, when I was a cop, we had domestic violence issues and we had to show up to crime scenes. And there were, there were kids that found their parents' weapons and were playing around with it and accidentally shot each other or shot themselves. And like, and then knowing um, my girlfriend's uh, father-in-law is um, he's a Navy veteran. He has multiple weapons and he also hunts a ton. Mm -hmm. And I told him about that. And he goes, I see, I don't really take that approach. I more so explain it like outright. Like he explained all the ins and outs of the guns, all the do's and don'ts, all the safety precautions, how to clean and everything to all of his kids really early on. So that when they, when they hold the gun, it's not like, oh, now I want to play with this thing. Um, so it's two different approaches and none of, 
God, thank God, none of his kids were hurt by the guns. My father's kids weren't hurt by the guns. Um, and he just takes it very seriously. So I like it growing up with how serious and how like regimental my father was with protection of his guns. It scared the crap out of me with them. Like, I didn't want to go anywhere near one when I saw it. Cause I was like, I, my dad is a uh, very scared, very scared of me touching one. So why would I want to go handle one? Um, but I do like the ability to protect the home with it. I have a Louisville slugger next to my bed. Um, I don't have a gun, but I also, I have not handled a gun enough times to be confident in owning one and keeping it safe from people in my home. So in that sense, I would rather be a lot more um, knowledgeable about the ins and outs of it before I ever brought it into the home. I think you, I think you and I ought to go on a date here, Tom. <laughs> Can I come? I come back up to Michigan here soon, boys. You guys come up when, you know, Tommy, for sure. If, if you're ever interested, buddy, that the offer's on the table for sure. I love instructing and safe and, you know, telling people how to safely use it and how to be appropriate, especially at the range. Like when you got an officer with a loaded gun right next to you, you know what I mean? It's like, you better behave. You better know exactly what the fuck you're doing or else you're going to make some people really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in a similar situation. Like my dad had a hunting rifle in his in his little home office, or sorry, a hunting uh, a gun cabinet in his home office. And every day as a kid, anytime I was in the office, I was just sitting there staring. But you bet mm-hmm. your ass, it was locked. It was locked. And I'd be lying if I told you as a kid I, I was you know not intrigued with it. I tried to find the key. I wanted to. I wanted. I wanted to see some guns. It looked cool, right? Mm-hmm. You always want what you can't have, especially. It's like. It's like looking at uh, looking at a you know a gold mine that's locked away. Where's the key, right? There's always some interest. There's a lot of violence in the video games we played as kids too. Um, but one thing my dad always stressed is you're not allowed to touch, play, or do anything unless I am present. And the first time I held a gun, I must have been 17 or 18, completely unloaded. Always knew where the safety was though. Like that's huge, right? Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Where are we at here? I would say like the, um, I did with a couple of my fraternity brothers, I did um, get to shoot for the first time. I think I was like 24 at this point, um, 24 years old. And I, and that was one thing, like it was a kind of a getaway, like with a bunch of, a bunch of my fraternity brothers and there was drinking, there was grilling, um, lots of fun, but the two guys who were in charge and brought the weapons were like, if anybody's drinking, you are staying as far away as possible from those guns. And he's like, I don't care. They're my guns. You're not going to. And this is the same, this is the same guy who one of them is a paramedic. And he's like, every time you get in his car, if you're sitting in like the third row back, he ain't moving unless you buckle your seatbelt. Like, <laughs> and like, it's like, okay. Like he takes it seriously. And that's, and that's the kind of people I feel comfortable with like if you're gonna take stuff that seriously i know you mean it i know you're you're like he he showed me because he also works i don't know what exactly he's doing for work but i know that he has to carry a weapon on him for it for military purposes and he was like at any given point he was carrying he showed he like he's like can how many guns can you carry on a per person he counted up he's like 12 well i'm like (laughs) you carry 12 
And he's like, yeah. So he like showed me how all these tucked away. And he goes, now look at me. And I was like, I can't see any of them. <laughs> like, and he's like, yeah, I still got like three knives uh, tucked on my person as well. And it's like, okay. Like, <laughs> well, the answer was 12 for him. Yeah. I believe I'm trying to think one, two, three, four holsters, five, six, four on the belt, probably four on the belt, two on the chest, four on the legs. Two on each side. I I didn't even think the legs. Yeah, thigh, lower. So that I mean, that's another good point. You couldn't, you didn't notice he had any weapon on him, and he had a bunch on him, right, Tommy? Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why I hate going out in public without. And again, I'm I'm a concealed pistol license owner, and you can bet your ass when I'm in a public place where I am not comfortable. For instance, movie theater. Used to love going to the movie theater as a kid. How many shootings have we seen in a movie theater? Too many. As as an American, as a good law-abiding citizen who has a concealed pistol license, who's trained to shoot a gun and know when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate, I don't know if it's because I have anxiety or because I just don't have faith in my fellow American, but you can bet your ass if I'm in a public place like a movie theater, I'm going to have my concealed pistol just to protect myself in the unfortunate event I get caught in a situation where some crazy son of a bitch decides he's going to shoot up a movie theater. I automatically go back to what was it, Aurora, Colorado? The dark right, night shootings? Last oh, right. What last about wow. what about all the church shootings? You know, I mean, I'm I, listen, unfortunately, I don't go to church a whole lot anymore, but what that church shooting in Texas, right? There was a there was a good law-abiding American citizen who just so happened to have his concealed pistol. And how many people did he stop from getting killed? A ton. A ton, probably. We don't yeah. know. <laughs> we don't know. And, and glad, like, in, in the great news, we don't know. Because, like, they, I, I think gun violence in America is at an all-time high. And I do think that, like, without getting too, too much more, and we'll wrap this, this little subject up, I think gun violence in America is too high. And I think the wrong people get blamed for it. And that gets not wrong people like the people who did it are assholes and fucked up in the head and yes it is what it is but like the people that are respective that carry guns um that know how to use their guns for the protective measures in the right way i think they get frowned upon as well and they get thrown in that group when that's not the case yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the media but you can't tell me that if the three of us were at the park or in the woods or at a, at a public gathering where it was appropriate for someone to be having a concealed carry in the event that something bad happened, you could not tell me that you would not be feel safer or be, ha- you know, be a lot more calmer knowing that there is someone who's a respected individual who has the ability to protect not only his life or her life, but the party in general. Yeah. That's my opinion of it. I'd be relaxed. So let's close it out by talking a great topic. We'll change off something a little less serious. Yeah. Dogs. 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 I like talking about dogs. What about, them, about dogs in the last podcast? So Tommy Ooh. and I were texting today and I, I told him I'd bring this up because I thought it was funny as shit. So I'm going to read it word for word. <laughs> That's a text message. So this will also be kind of like a, a, a welcome. I'm getting a new member of my family. Um, I'm getting another dog, a little brother. Ghost is getting a little brother. He's going to be a great Pyrenees mixed with the lab. He'll be a big floof ball. 
Yeah. His name's, his name's going to be Phantom. He's going to be white. Phantom. All white dog. His name's going to be Phantom. So I got Ghost Malone and Phantom. Well, Tommy and I are talking about this. And this conversation was probably, I laughed at work. I laughed so hard. So I sent Tommy a photo of the dogs. And he goes, I go, it's adorable. It's a great Pyrenees mixed with lab. He goes, Ghost and Phantom, huh? I love it. I go, damn right. Those are tag team names. Tommy responds, Luna and Stormy both have something to do with the sky. And he goes, Luna and Stormy versus Ghost and Phantom. Luna and Stormy are my dog's names, by the way. Yeah. And there's like a, a minute break in between this. And he goes, oh, shit, that just became dog fighting. Not cool. Not cool. <laughs> and I go, and Jesus, Mike Vick, let's slow that down a little bit. That's how I responded. And I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. Because I'm going to have two big floof balls that are going to be monstrous, but the biggest babies in the Your dogs would probably, like, if they bullied each other, your dogs would bully my dogs. My, dog. say, my dogs bully each other pretty good. Like, my, my, I have a mini Labradoodle, and she's 25 pounds, and she steals bones from the uh, 50 pound. I believe she's the closest thing she's to is a German short hair pointer. But basically, the 25 pounder walks up, looks at the bone that the 50 pounder Luna has, and she's like, Yeah, I want this now, and just takes it and walks away and then growls at her when she comes near. And I'm like, You're a little asshole. Hey, Paul, <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? Uh, so I'm the owner of a Corgi. He's a pure breed. He's the queen's dog. Tugger! Tugger's my little friend. He is such a prince. I will say this one thing about my dog, Tugger. I don't know what we did, but I shit you guys not. This dog is the smartest dog I've ever known, ever had. I talk to him like he's my child, and he I would bet money on it that he understands what I'm saying. Like, dude, he does, he's not one for tricks, but he doesn't need a leash and he'll never leave your side. He's my goddamn shadow. Talk about a loyal companion. This dog has been on the road with me for work. We've traveled all over the Northeast of the United States together. And I don't know if that's what helped him get accustomed to listening to me and doing my bidding. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, this dog is so loyal, such a good little, he's a little shit, but he's such a good dog. I feel I feel the same way about Ghost. Obviously, my dog's a rescue. I got him out of Flint. He's had a pretty hard life before I got him. Uh, and now, like, you guys can't see him, but he's passed out on a pillow cuddling it. Like, he is the biggest baby in the world. He is my best friend. He hates it when I go, loves when I come back home. It good com- Like, I feel the same way. I can tell my dog, like, something as a kid, like, don't do that. He'll understand. Absolutely. We'll talk. We have full conversations it's just it's weird how dogs can affect such a positive thing into your life and how they are really man's best friend yeah i mean i mean mine one is a a rescue luna and she's a lot bigger but the other one and she had a hard life prior to us getting her um like found in a box hard life but uh stormy was our other dog our mini labrador and she was a she was in a house that trained therapy dogs so she got kind of like basically like she was never necessarily trained to be a therapy dog but she was around at least 50 to 60 dogs that were currently being trained to be therapy dogs so she was getting the same treatment as them and she was supposed to be a breeder um they didn't like one of the things that she did like she kind of sits a little like bow-legged when she sits it's the cutest thing ever I think she's adorable. She's a little floof lover. 
and she loves to get pets and loves people but basically one thing didn't stop them from wanting to breed her so they donated her and they donated her to us because my girlfriend's family has a an amazing um uh camp that they run for abusing neglected children we told her about it and they were like yes like she'll be able to help so many kids and she does every time that she gets to go there and these kids just she melts in these kids laps and they're just loving but luna she and these two are we were scared that they were not going to get along we weren't sure that was going to go we got a rescue and a therapy dog like we weren't sure that was going to go um and the rescue had been here about four months longer and they just like started off bad they started off fighting they not good and now they can't get enough of each other best friends don't look anything alike best friends luna if she steals lunch meat off the counter will steal enough pieces for both of them to eat like she'll throw like like we had ham up there the other day and she like threw like four three or four pieces down instead of just grabbing one when she usually could have grabbed one wow. so that both eat <laughs> and uh That's like like That's if i if I get one dog inside, I'm trying to get both and Luna and Stormy want to be outside. Luna will come to the door, wait for me to open it and then let Stormy run out and look at me and see like, see you later, dude. And run. <laughs> that's, that's so, my biggest fear about having another dog, right? A little bit. They, they communicate puppy. well, dude, oh. they communicate like our dogs communicate well. They work well with each other. They understand when one of them's being a little asshole. They're just like, I'm not going to get yelled at like you are about to. <laughs> like, <laughs> And they absolutely like Luna will listen to me. She'll get up on the counter. I'll be like, Hey, not, no, no, don't do that. And she's like, all right. Look like kind of shakes her head and like gets down, walks away. It's weird how dogs can flat out understand us like that. And she's, a, she's only a year old. How old is Tucker and ghost? I think ghost is like three. Ghost is turning four in November. Tucker's a year and three months, man. Like, wow, is he really only a year? And th- I feel like he's been around longer. It, well, I mean, you know, in a COVID year, it's like 10 years, right? But yeah, man, every day. it's like eight months that once that eighth, eight month hit, like, dude, he's just a part of the pack. It's yeah. great. Part of the family. It, I'm excited. I, I get, I get the new dog in uh, end of August, August 20th is when I'm going to go pick him up. That's exciting. Make sure you give ghosts a ton, a ton of attention and affection. Otherwise, oh, yeah. it's dull. like we Morgan, when Morgan moved in at the end of May, she brought her cat Stella with her. And anytime Stella gets on me, if I'm just sitting on my chair and Stella will jump on my lap, Tugger is up my ass because he just feels neglected. He's like, get off my human. That's my human. Barks at her, barks at this cat and poor cat. It, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. I, I, I think I'm going to really try to have those two like spend time together. Like, obviously I want to make sure that ghost is, I've seen ghosts play with puppies before and they get along great. Uh, my aunt and uncle have a bunch of dogs and they had a puppy and I was like, perfect. Ghost and this puppy played. The only problem was, is the other two, there's three other dogs in that household, four other dogs. And they got very protective of that puppy. Very protective of that puppy. Like they did not let ghost play with the puppy at all. So <laughs> I'm curious to see how ghost does with this dog. Um, I think it'll be great. Take them for a lot of walks together, dude. Walks, playing in the backyard. I mean, yeah. I'm excited because this dog's going to be, at the end of it, this dog will be bigger than Ghost. Ghost is 55 pounds. A normal Great Pyrenees will go for 120 to 130 pounds. I'll say, let's illuminate, like, what, like, what, did you ever say, Paul, what Tugger is? 
So Tucker's a corgi. He's a Welsh, a Welsh corgi. And and a beautiful dog, by the way. I love Tucker. Um, And Cam, what kind of dog is Ghost? Ghost is a, it's it's kind of a a backward statement, but Ghost is a purebred pit bull. Yeah, that is a backward statement. Purebred pit bull at fifty five pounds, like maybe a half pound of fat. Yeah. Oh, he's all muscle. He's all muscle. Yeah. Maybe like, he's a big love muscle. That all, that's all he is, though. Ghost is a ghost is a. I mean, if you didn't know the dog, I think the thing about pit bulls, everybody's afraid of pit bulls because you know they just have a bad rap. It's unfortunate, but man, he is a big lug, dude. That dog is a yeah. big lover. He's just have, like his father. Have you <laughs> big lover? Paul, have you ever had a pit bull growing up? No, we didn't. When when we were growing. My parents, my parents, dude, I had to beg for a dog. I think I was 14 years old. And I remember I cried to my parents, like cried, bawled my eyes out. All I want is a dog. I'll take care of it, this and that. So we went, we were somewhere in mid-Michigan. My parents found an ad posting for this mutt. It was uh, it was supposed to be a miniature beagle and a poodle mix. That was Sophie. That was my first dog. She's a cute dog. But um, man, she was running away all the time, had super bad ish anxiety when we'd leave her at home, would cry in the middle of the night. And then like two years later, we got a, we got a little Pomeranian. We're little people dogs, or we're little dog little people. people. <laughs> <laughs> little people dogs. Um, yeah, like we had a pit bull. We had a, all like a purely white pit bull named Xena, like warrior princess. And this thing, she was like 90 pounds. Once again, all muscle. Oh my gosh. Like absolutely. Just like ghost, big lug, love, loved her to death. The problem was, is our fence was maybe six foot and she would literally just put her two paws up on the, like, cause she, she saw rabbits. She would put her two paws up on the front and not even touch her back paws and just throw herself over the, like launch herself over the fence. Like my mom and I want, like we're looking out the window and watched one day. We're like, Holy shit. <laughs> this dog just started flying and she was fast. She was super strong and she loved to smile, which was a terrible thing for a pit bull. Scary. Because yep. she would just, she would just get up next to people, want them to pet her and then just like show all her teeth, her teeth. which to people who don't know though that breed would think oh my gosh this dog's gonna try and bite my face off no she just wanted to get pet that's it well early on we i took tugger to the dog park like religiously two three four times a week and anytime we had a little group of 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 dogs there'd be tugger who's corgi and a lab and a golden that was kind of our little group and it would be interesting to see all the people come in and every time it didn't matter what dog but the moment a pit bull came most of the you know dog owners would get a little nervous and little tugger tugger was always the person to decide if a dog was coming into the big side of the park to play with the rest of the pack or to go into the private park and more times than not the pit bulls were fine the pit bulls are just a little loud but some dogs are just loud they're just loud like that you know but loud bark it's nothing mm-hmm. to be afraid of they're just talking they're little they're little humans you know pit bulls uh, have a mean bark it's bad that the word mean is associated with that bark, but it's, it's like a loud, very assertive, very dominant, yep. very dominant sound that comes out of them. And most people are afraid of them. And I think for that reason, a lot of pit bulls today do not get um, the community love behind them. They don't get 
you know, familiar with how to play with other dogs, the best thing you can do for your dog is to get them acquainted with other dogs, learn the good habits, learn how to be a pack, a part of the pack and so forth. I am every other dog I'll have after Tugger. Oh my God. I hate to think about that. Yeah. Every other dog that I will ever own in my life will be an avid dog park goer because I think some of the best things that he has learned has been from other dogs at the dog park. Oh, I, I can definitely see it. See, I'm, this is the first time I've ever had a pit bull family, whatever ghost was my first one. I've always loved pit bulls. I always thought they were beautiful dogs. I always thought they were nanny dogs. So I absolutely love pit bulls. I grew up with a golden retriever. That was my dad's therapy dog. His name was cardio. Yes, Tommy. First of all, I never heard a dog named cardio. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but what do you mean by nanny dogs? So pit bulls were known as nanny dogs. So back in the day, do. I don't so, know what that okay. means. History lesson. Back in the day, pit bulls, I think, and don't quote me on this. Oh, I'm going to quote you. Don't quote me on this. Pit bulls you literally were, quoted me today. Yeah, but that was an actual quote that I knew happened. And that was a thing that actually happened. So pit bulls are known as nannying dogs. Hold on. Here we go. I'm just going to pull this up here because I read an article on it. Uh, and I don't want to mess up. Nanny and dog. We are going pretty long tonight yeah, for the we'll, record, but we'll, we we'll wrap it here soon. So pit bulls were known as nanny and dogs because of how well they form bonds with kids, how well they, they treat with kids and how protective they get of kids. Um, especially younger. Like I'm talking infant to four or five years old super protective of them and i've seen it in multiple occasions so they're always known as nannying dogs they're loving caring dogs once they form a bond with you that bond is like almost any other dog it's unbroken what whatever happens but obviously they get that bad rap from dog fighting and things today it's today it's today's world right what about like little rascals what was uh what was the dog's name spike right spike i think the rascals yeah wasn't spike a pit bull Yep. hanging around with a bunch of young kids right and they and he was just one part of the group part of the group dude one thing as a dog owner i want to ask you guys this is an interesting i wouldn't say dilemma but it's something we have to deal with is what do you do with your yeah all of them are puppies what do you do with your puppies um when you just when you want to go somewhere because this is something that we run into a lot. We have two one-year-old dogs. Um, and it's like, we look at them as our kids, honestly, because they are part of our family and we're with them every single day. So the idea of leaving them for a week just does not feel right. But it's like, there's not many places that are going to say, yeah, you can bring your dog to the hotel like and, and live there with them. So, well. First off, There's some. that last part, I, I would say I've traveled all over the Northeast from Maine all the way down to Virginia, all the way west to Ohio. There are a lot of hotels that are accommodating for dogs, but that's a whole nother topic. The way we handle it is if we absolutely have to leave him because we are going to like a, like a wedding, for example, where we're going to be at events all the time, we can't bring Tugger with us. But nine times out of 10, I take Tugger with me everywhere everywhere and I was conscious of this when I decided what kind of dog I wanted you know Tugger is like 22 pounds a little a little a bread loaf right a little nugget yeah to most people he's not even there plus he's so well behaved I don't have to worry about him 
I know not everyone's dog is like that, but that was a huge part of the decision factor faction when you're, you know, when I decided what kind of dog breed makes sense for me. I'm on the run a lot. I mean, just before the podcast, I went to the gas station. I brought Tugger with me just for the, just for the hell of it. He's like, so that's nine times out of 10, Tommy, I'm taking my dog with me all the time. And most people are accommodating because he's cute. He's small. He's well-behaved dog. Mm-hmm. I, again, I got lucky. I don't know how. I'm, I'm kind of lucky in the same, a different way. Um, obviously hotels, when I say like, I haven't stayed at a hotel with my dog yet, just because one, if I say, Hey, you guys accommodate dogs. Yeah. What kind of dog? And I say, Oh, it's an, you know, it's, it's a pit bull. People are going to first off that stereotype. They're going to be like, yeah, never mind. Nope. Sorry. We don't accommodate for that. Fine. I take it on the chin. I'm kind of lucky that I have family. Uh, that's the biggest thing. I'm lucky. My dad absolutely loves my dog. My dad spoils the shit out of my dog. I'm lucky that I have an aunt and uncle that live, they live four hours away from me in Arkansas. They live on the other side of the state. But like, if I ever have to fly out of Bentonville for something, or let's say like, I know there's a competition for work right now. And the, the award show is in Tampa Bay. Like, I know we'll probably go, like, I'm getting ready to ask them like, Hey, I'll be gone for two days for work. Could you watch my dog or dogs in this case? And I know hundred percent they'll say yes because my dog gets along with their dogs, everything's right in the world. Um, so I, I kind of lean on family and friends. Uh, I know I could always ask my neighbors to let the dogs out too, if I needed to. So what's your situation like, Tommy? Um, we have, we have two interesting dogs. One, and they, they love, the thing about it is the people we ask, they love, um, usually they have dogs and our dogs love playing with other dogs sometimes a little bit aggressive but for the most part they love playing with them so when we ask that we just know that whoever is doing it is going to have to basically babysit like some very three very active dogs three plus um and one people a person we go to a lot is my parents because they just got a Chinese, it's a Chinese dog and it has a lot of wrinkles, usually golden. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's um Jesus Murphy. Um a Sharpe, yeah? Sharpe, yep. <laughs> they have a 75 pound Sharpe. They literally got it within a week of us getting our dogs, brought it home, about the same age. Those three were are just first of all, they're linked up mentally, like what you said with pack mentality. So they're great together. So when when we have to watch my parent, my parents go somewhere, or we go somewhere, that's our first person because the girls get to play with somebody. They're not, they're out of sorts because we're not there, but they get to be with somebody. And then outside of that, like we just gotta have people like stay the night and like watch our dogs. It's just weird, and I don't feel good about it. I really don't feel good. I know Brogan really doesn't like it, rightfully so. She loves those dogs to the uh, moon and back. So there are children, dude. Yeah, they absolutely and like the amount of stuff that is in this house decoration wise that says my kids have paws is through the roof. So rightfully so, because we treat we treat them as as our children and they love us for it. Like the way ghost is cuddling Cam down there, it is so cute. <laughs> Every night occurrence, man. He's already telling me, hey man, it's a weekday. We gotta go to bed. Time for bed. It's almost bedtime. Thank you. Yes. So, so yeah, it's just like 
it's it's hard because I gotta like navigate like all right I've asked this person like two or three times to come and watch our dogs now I gotta ask this person I don't want to like anchor these person down so maybe I call two people that I know who will come and watch it like split the vacation or something that we have in half like if I wanted to leave for five days I feel bad about asking somebody for five days like that's 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 a lot so like I would ask somebody for three and somebody for two I'm like all right hand off the baton to this person let them carry it out until we get home so that way it makes it easier on them but it's just hard it, I feel awful about it every time I always try to make it worth their while like I'll always I'll always pay like my little brother watched ghost for I think two days for just wedding when we said just wedding, I think two days I had my youngest brother or not youngest middle brother, Logan, uh, go to my dad's place, take ghost out, take him for walks, play with him. And I think it was two or three days, paid him a hundred bucks. I was like, I appreciate you. Thank you. Ghost likes you. It's perfect. So always got to make it worth their while, but you know, I think it helps that family is always there. Yeah. So no, I think you weren't in fucking Arkansas. I'd ask you. Yeah, you know, hey, I plan on coming back eventually. It's going to be a couple <laughs> years, but I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm right down the corner too, Tommy. Yeah, I mean, I, we need we need some puppy play dates. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I want to be Tugger. <laughs> I've been trying to convince Paul to let Ghost and Tugger play since I got Ghost. <laughs> my problem with Tugger is that he's an instigator. He's Asshole. an instigator. Sure. So, is, so is our mini Labradoodle and – She's 25 pounds, so you got two little instigators and all the muscle you got with Luna, so it's not really a great mix. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we'll do a puppy date uh, soon, dude. That sounds like a good time. So I think I think this is a good point to wrap it up. Tonight we had a lot of good topics, music, influencers, TikTok, guns, all the way to dogs. I absolutely love dogs. So I think there's no better way to end this podcast than one song. Just to, you know, take your last shot, take your last drink. We'll close it out on this song. Um, oh yeah, baby. Let's go. Take shots podcast, and uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Over a hundred listeners so far. Let's keep that growing. Cheers to you. Cheers to me. Shots take shots. You're loved. You're important. One, two, three, four.